You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and entrepreneur here to share inspiring stories and to walk through everyday life with you. Hope you guys are doing well, staying safe, and staying sane and healthy. Uh, I'm about to get my second vaccine shot. I'm very excited about that. Not Not excited about the potential yuckiness that'll come after, but very grateful that I, I'm getting that. And so I hope that you, you do too. And uh, take care of yourselves because we are still, we are still in it, you guys. Well over a year into this panini. And it has taken a toll and it's been tough. Um, so yeah, I just want to send a big hug out to everybody because I know we're all tired. I know that it's been exhausting and there's been so much that it's like not even just the pandemic. It's everything that's been going on on top of this. It's just been ridiculous, you guys, even since the last episode that I recorded, which was just a few days ago, even more stuff has happened. And so trust me when I say I understand um, that there's a lot that you may be going through. But I'm with you, and I believe in you, and I believe in me, and we're going to be all right. We will make sure that we are all right, okay? So big hugs, big hugs and uh, fist bumps and all that. <sighs> you guys. <laughs> but that actually is a perfect uh, moment to introduce this week's wonderful, first of all, guest, Jessica Stafford. So Jessica also goes by Alizé Official, and she also goes by Jessica Alizé Blanc. She is an amazing actor, model, singer, songwriter, musician, and she's also a producer and now exploring an awesome new career in escrow, which she will school all of us on shortly. Um, But Jess is somebody I've known for a few years here in Los Angeles, and the more I've gotten to know her, I just honestly fall in love with this girl because she's so... She's so genuinely positive and she's positive in a beautiful way to me because she's gone through a lot in her own life. She has faced many, many challenges, overcome really difficult situations that I don't even know how I would have dealt with if I were in her shoes. And she remains incredibly open and generous and kind in light of a lot of things that might break a person down, understandably. You know, she really puts her heart out there and does her best to be there for her friends and increasingly for herself. And we are here to talk today and share our stories with you about how to let go of baggage and how to move forward with intention. Because living this crazy life, it's very easy for things to drag behind us. You know, we go through a lot of hard, dark times, and sometimes it's not so easy to just shake that off and let it go. So I just couldn't think of a better person to invite onto first of all to share some of her positivity, her light, and her advice. And so, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode with Jessica. And you go check out her content because she is also making some really wonderful things. Uh, she's the owner of JSLA Events, but since we're not doing you know live events anymore, she is also producing events on Clubhouse. One in specific is uh, Asian Bachelor, which is really funny and has been 
really heartwarming. And so I hope that you guys go check that out and enjoy it. And she's also the creator of Mental Vitamins, which is vitamins with a Z. And that's just like a little cool boost of positivity and encouragement if you ever want and need. And honestly, who doesn't need it? So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Jess. And please stay till the end because... Again, I am featuring different artists, uh, different independent artists who I love uh, here at First of All. And this week's outro is provided by Melissa Polinar. So stay tuned because she is incredible and you do not want to miss out. But without further ado, here's my episode on letting go of your baggage with Jessica Stafford. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace. Welcome to First of All, Miss Jessica. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm all right. I never even know how to answer that anymore. <laughs> it's just been a long day. That's all. It's been a long year. Long, I don't know, lifetime. Um, you've been holding up okay with everything going on. You've been doing a lot of the self-care stuff. Yeah, I think uh, in the beginning it was a bit tough. And then now I think I'm getting the hang of it. So it's been good. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Honestly, like... Jessica, I, I just spent the whole intro hyping you up because you're seriously like, I really get annoyed sometimes with the term boss, babe, but there's <laughs> something about the word boss that like does ring a bell when I think of you. I can't help it. Um, but I just, you, you stick out to me as one of the uh, like truly inspiring people. Like for lack of better, I, I even get kind of tired of that word because people <laughs> throw that word around like everyone's so inspiring, but like you, you genuinely inspire me as somebody that's like actively working on herself knows herself and like you know does the work and I just love you so I just want to say that again at the top of the conversation oh you're making me uncomfortable I was kidding <laughs> thank you <laughs> I feel the same for you too I'm, I'm really excited to do this with you this is this is uh my first one-on-one -on -one, like podcast so I'm like really excited to do this with you I'm so honored. So wait, so you have, you've done like a group setting kind of thing before? Yeah. A lot of Got it's like it. group settings and, you know, it's just like, it's not as intimate. So I'm pretty excited to kind of delve into all the things that we're going to today. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Girl, cause we've, I mean, I've, I've known you, I don't even know how many years I've known you now, but 
Yeah, it's you know, been a so long, long time. <laughs> right? Do you yeah. know? Do you have any sense? Do you have? Do you recall when we first met? Because you have to forgive me. It's not for lack of caring. It's because my brain is... No, it was a long time ago. And it was definitely a group setting. I just remember mm-hmm. like all of us being together. And then it was many times where we come back together. And we're like, oh my God, we're the sensitive ones. Did you see that? Did you feel that? And then we just bonded. <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of give each other the eyes. And we're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we felt the vibes. This is like the, the spidey senses were on high alert (laughs) but when you like i i love being able to kind of share everyone's bio but i'm curious like how how do you introduce yourself when you're in those group settings and you're like introducing yourself to somebody because i have my whole spiel right like i'm like oh hey i'm minji you know i'm an actor or whatever all those the labels that we give how do you introduce yourself I think that's the hardest part for me and i think that sometimes when i do people find me really rude because they're like can you elaborate or can you say more? But I hate talking about myself. So I say like the minimal. And so <laughs> literally, and then I, I'm like, okay, thanks. And then <laughs> it's super awkward. So, and I've been in like clubhouses where they're like, tell me more. And I'm like all quiet. And I'm like, I don't know how to respond, but yeah, I mean, I just lead in lately with just like, you know, event producer, you know, in escrow now and, you know, creator of mental vitamins. So, I mean, it's just see it's like awkward I don't know how to like elaborate on it because I'm not like a simple person I'm like a deep person so there's no way to like to to minimize it you know without depth so I I'm still working on that yeah good we could workshop that we could we, we can do that it's, it's funny it's kind of like the issue of um it's kind of a life necessity to like make your LinkedIn profile what's your bio how do you summarize yourself and people I don't know that's like one of the worst thing exercises I have to do for like a website or submitting to somebody I'm like I don't know man you tell me like I don't want to write this that's what happened with hate is a virus I had to do the my bio and I was like uh and then I went to Brianna she's like babe you need to do more and then Daniel's like yeah like what what is this like talk more about yourself and I'm like okay I'm done I I just gave it to them I was like I can't (laughs) I can't do and I start sweating my like upper lip Whitney Houston sweat starts happening and I'm like and I'm all by myself too like why am I giving myself anxiety but yeah that's pretty much my process it's a that's quite a process It it is a lot to like I mean, there's one of the things that I love talking with you about in our self development mindset in our in our growth, um, with like consciousness and with intention and with purpose. It's part of I I feel like has been really key to that whole thing. What I just said is like kind of taking up space and owning who you are and saying yeah. this is what I do and not not flinching on it. You know, not Agreed. being like. Well, so we'll work on that with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely uh, the rest of this year and uh, developing. I know that's something I need to to really give presence to. So, oh man, it, it, right now even talking about it, I get butterflies. I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> uh, like we, See, could, we a- could go act and we could go belch a song, but then when it's talking about ourselves, it's like, oh, it's so weird. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I can act, you can act, but I can't belt a song like you can belt a song. Let's just be clear. Because like in the many things that you're able to do and the things that you are good at is that you're also an amazing singer oh. on top of being an event producer, on top of being like a community organizer are doing stuff with hate is a virus now working in escrow which is such a funny thing that i'm writing about because i did not know what escrow was for <laughs> until it became relevant and then all of a sudden it was like the word um you and everybody else i basically when i got this job 
uh, I went in and the first question they asked me for the interview, they were saying, so do you know how to spell escrow? And I was like, really? Like, okay. <laughs> they asked you that in the, that's in, a, in, that's the interview. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> Cause most people, they don't know how to spell escrow or what escrow is. So, and like, what's interesting right now is I've been doing it for a while and I have friends writing me and they're like, so can you represent me? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you're an agent, right? You do escrow. I was like, I do escrow. I'm not an agent. <laughs> so okay. before we get all deep and, and, and Minji just on this, in this situation, cause I, I'm deeply looking forward to that. Can you break it down? Help a sister and like everybody listening in, because I'm telling you, this is literally why I had a, a show concept based on this word and this, <laughs> like state of being because I heard this word since I was a kid because people would got, you'd, you'd say it when you're all like you know I'm an escrow on this house or whatever this property uh-huh. like huh like it's just some grown-up word you know I- equivalent to like mortgage I don't know what a mortgage was you know what I'm, so yeah. can you break it down for all of the first of all listeners and Minji because even though I went through it I still need a refresher <laughs> Yeah. I mean, basically it's just a neutral third party and there's a certain amount of funds and there's a certain amount of, um, financials that you need to clarify. And so the buyers and sellers have both sides of that. And so an escrow company holds, uh, those funds and confirms there's no liens on the houses that, um, you know, construction's right. Like there's just so many, um, contingencies that are added onto that. And so they clarify all of those things to make sure that everything is a hundred percent good to go on the contract, on the legal binding contract. And then once those things are, uh, a-okay and everything's handled, then the money will be released. Escrow is closed and then everybody can get paid soon after. So got it. And the transfer of property goes from one person to the other after escrow is closed, right? Yes, exactly. So the seller will give that property to the buyer and then everybody's happy with their with their money income that comes in and then the home that they get to now live in. I will I will add color to that because not all parties are happy after that because some parties <laughs> figure out what the hell they just got themselves into. That's, that's crazy. When, uh, the things that I hear, yeah. When people buy the homes and all the stuff that's inside and they got away with it, I'm like, wow. So you have to go and check foundation, like so many things because yep. yeah, it is including, really scary. Including yours truly. I was a, I was a naive young lady trying to just help out my parents and then uh, got into some hot water. But anyway, thank you for that explanation. That was really beautifully put. <laughs> Basically, you're, you're a really important middle person so that people can get their can get their lives and affairs in order so that it's a legit transaction that you're not just like forking over hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars potentially exactly. to someone who's a scammer or like doesn't have their, their life together. Yeah. Security is such a huge part. So the company that you work with needs to have the security like backed up and invested into. So that's something that people, most people need to research on because people really do scam though. Uh, there was a situation where they, um, tried to send in something and to try to get the funds and everything looked exactly the same, but because it didn't pass it to, um, the two-step authentication then, um, or authorization, then it didn't pass and they saw they flagged it. But if a company doesn't have that kind of security, 
they could have easily released funds and a lot of bad stuff can happen. So it, it gets really scary because um, from the transactions I've been seeing lately, it's anywhere from like 700,000 to like, you know, one of my escrow officers closed like a, a $19 million one. And it's like, Oh my gosh, wow. it's, it gets so scary. So yeah. yeah you want to make sure that's going to the right party and it's exactly. coming from somewhere legit. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Bless your heart, Jess. And, you know, as we talk about all these things, because part of the, you're, you're like, to me, when I think of certain words about what I describe to Jess, when someone's like, oh, I just met Jessica. And like, I'm like, oh, I love her, you know, and then I get to kind of think about why I love, I love being connectors of friends as do you, you're, you're really freaking great at that. But that's, there are certain words that kind of come to my mind when I think of certain friends. And with you, I think it's someone who's incredibly adaptable. Like you, you have a you have like this awesome fighting spirit of like nothing gets you down. And I know that you do cause you're a human being and I'm not trying to like, you're not a robot, but <laughs> I think that like you really take things as they come and you work and make the best out of them. And I love that about you oh, because you. that's something that I would love to, you know, cultivated myself and that I want to like bring out in others. And I know that the escrow thing, this, this being an escrow officer is like a new chapter in your life. And this can be like a good entryway into all these things about what we're, what we've been thinking about and talking about in terms of kind of like, how do we move forward on purpose? Right? Like, mm -hmm. how do we, cause you talk about, and another, and maybe this can be a great place for you to like share the mental vitamins things, because that's some of the, that's what I um, had access to you on social media before you <laughs> and I got to really like super know each other and, and have more conversations. I remember coming across like the mental vitamins thing. Can you explain that, how that came to be? Cause I actually don't even know the backstory of like how that became like part of your, your identity and like who you are as a person. Where did the mental vitamins thing come from? Yeah, actually, I've never really been asked that either. Um, so, I mean, a long time ago, I had done ayahuasca and I went to the Amazon and I was really young. I was in my early 20s. And uh, I would say it, that's when I became spiritually, I hate that word woke, but it's like when I was in tuned and was aware of what was around me. Mm -hmm. And when that had happened, I just was surged with an immense amount of like emotions and clarity and feelings. Just everything was just hitting me all at once. I didn't know what to do and I needed to find a way to release all of these things because you can't just like keep everything inside. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just kept, I, I remember somebody saying something about vitamins and then I just kept hitting mental and then it just like sooner or later just like popped through. And then from there, I used that as like my platform to just share my favorite quotes and describe like my journaling and, you know, just taking my favorite songs and then using those lyrics and then freestyling off of that and then making that a mental vitamin. It was just a conduit of allowing me to express myself in a deeper way, because even though most people will look at me that I'm not, you know, shy and you know, I can be very bold and all of these things. That's because when I'm in the middle of whatever I'm feeling, I, I only see that. So I'm very passionate, but to get me to get there, I'm very timid. I'm scared because I overanalyze, I overthink. Mm -hmm. And so mental vitamins allow me to kind of be like a writer hiding behind something and just like sharing my thoughts. And then it started to really catch on and people started to 
you know, connect me to those mental vitamins. Cause sometimes I'll just write things and people just share it. And it doesn't say my name. They'll just share mental vitamins and they'll screenshot it. So it just was this place for me to be able to just really share my soul and be vulnerable. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, what is she going through? Like, no, sometimes I think about what other people are going through. And I'm like, I need to put this out in the universe. I need for like, I have a lot of random conversations with a lot of different people. And I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful I can just connect to different people. I have this sense of just, I can feel people's energy. I can read their soul. Like I can meet someone and immediately feel like what they need and their sadness and, you know, how to speak with them. And, you know, I could literally go up to a stranger, which I've done. And I just, like stood next to the person and I looked over and I'm like it's gonna be okay and the person just like had tears in their eyes and like how do you know I was like I don't know but I'm supposed to tell you it's gonna be okay and they're just like oh and it's just this thing that I've had since I was young because I've been through so much as as most of us but you know just mental vitamins has been my gateway of being my true honest self sometimes it's not self-imposed of something I'm going through sometimes it's when I feel people and I know they need to be reminded. And sometimes people don't want it down their throat. You know, they don't want, you know, that advice. They, and sometimes I let, I'm a sign person. So I love just like randomly being out and seeing something, connecting with it. So I like to throw them out there in the universe. And so that's kind of like my way of giving a gift out, but also allowing that to heal me too. So. Yeah, dude, I love it. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot to say about, I guess, a person's intention and heart that it's uh, like you just specified. It's not just about like what you're going through and you need to like blow off some steam or like, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think expressing what you're going through and being able to let it out, especially for, I think every human who has feelings (laughs) and emotions, but especially highly sensitive people. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I I, like, I cried everything. do you cry a lot? Oh, I cry so much. Like most people, yep. they get shocked. I don't know for you. I would think so for you too. But like when I fought, when I do cry, if I do cry in public, people are shocked. They're like, but you're so strong. I'm like, but I'm human. Like, what do you expect me to do? Like, I have to cry. I have to release. So. Girl, I cry when I'm happy, sad, angry, like just overwhelmed. I, I, I'm totally a crier. But and that's kind of and it's it's interesting when like if you are around a fellow crier, like if I'm around you, there's I think a lot of like um like I see you because we are criers, but I've encountered a lot of friends and people in my life who are like, they're like, I can't cry or like, I just, or yep. I don't. And to me, that baffles me of like, how do you, how do you not cry? And there's part of me that's a little bit like, I sometimes resent that I can't not cry. Like I have <laughs> to cry and I want to hold it together. It just, it's like an automatic thing. But at the end of the day, it's, it's incredibly cathartic, but yeah. yeah, some people don't have that access to tears or maybe they don't need it, but and I don't, cause I don't want to assume, but I imagine like all humans go through a lot of different emotions and it's, it, I, I have personally experienced like the, the value and letting it, letting it just pour out. So Agreed. if people can't cry, I'm genuinely like, are you okay? Like, uh, I don't yeah. want to project on you, but are you okay? Cause crying is like, I feel like after I talk to them for a little bit, I probably could get them to like open up and cry. <laughs> It's like, I'm such a crybaby. My dad and Daniel, they both are like, oh, you're such a crybaby. And then the rest of the world's like not. But when you connect with someone, it's like everybody kind of has a block. You know, they have these walls up. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've met people where they've been like that. And then just just give it a little bit of time when you really delve into it. Everybody has 
everybody has that sensitive side. I haven't really met many people that they don't mind to like that they don't need to, you know, I feel like everybody does for something, but yeah. For sure. For sure. And we all have, I think it's a lot of um, self-protection, right? Like people, I think I personally really value vulnerability, but I also know that there's like a better time and place that it's, you know, it's not always like the best time to be vulnerable in a staff meeting for something like, though I have been (laughs) like to be real, like in collab, like I've 100% cried in a meeting before, but that's not a regular occurrence. It's just because I was like super, super moved by something. But in general, like, you know, I, I think people have adapted to become very self-protective. And sometimes we like overcorrect based on like, you know, things that we go through as kids and all this stuff that yeah. I really love to talk about because, but I know that not everybody's wanting to or ready to, or, you know, whatever, wherever they are in life, not everyone wants to like listen to childhood trauma discussions, but I could talk about that for a long time. Oh, I'm with you. I think that's like, what everybody harbors, but they protect themselves from. So I Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, just my advice is to, to talk about it, you know, find your safe people to do that with and just share like, um, recently on clubhouse, you know, Celia and, uh, Calista, they have, um, tell a story Mm -hmm. and I went in and there's a huge, my huge childhood story that I've probably only shared with very few people why I even moved out here. And I, one of my friends, Quincy, she went in a week before she, she doesn't really share those things either. And she's like, I went in and I bawled my eyes out. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. Like, that's awesome. And then for some reason I was called to that room. I was listening. And then I just went in and I, and I shared it in front of like Juan and all of them. And I was like, as I was saying it, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, like it's real again, but yeah. man, it was so cathartic. Like it felt so good to just let go of everything you've been harboring, everything that's, you know, that you thought was your, your baggage and your pain bodies, but it's not for you to hold. It's for you to let go. It's only there to guide you, you know, and strengthen you and to let you realize, to reflect like where you've come from and like where you've, where you need to go. And, you know, looking back at being, you know, 15 and moving from Texas to here. And I'm like, I'm not going to say, but we're, we're pretty much older than that by now. So (laughs) (laughs) a little bit, you know, you know, but it's just crazy that I, when I said it out loud, I cried and weeped as if it was me again at 15 years old, like Mm. the way that it just triggers you. But after sharing, I just, I couldn't believe how free I felt. So I really share, I really hope that people, you know, find that space to do it. And everyone finds it at different times. Some people could be like 60, you know, who knows, but I'm glad that I found it at this time in this space, because I feel like I have so much more space to move forward in my life Yeah, and, you know, to have more positive energy and also to pat myself on the back. Like, damn, you went through all of that and you're here now and you're still going and you're still thriving. So I really, you know, want to, you know, support people to whatever you're holding in and really try to find a way to release that and For allow sure. yourself to have space to heal and to, you know, venture in the new space of who you are and not who you used to be. You know, the past isn't there to hold on to. It's just there to look back and, and, you know, just appreciate that that's how strong you are. It's a testament to who you are. So love. 
I love it. It's crazy too what you're saying about the letting go thing and you know it ties very much to like what what you and I have kind of moved with intention of like hey this is who I want to become and we're very focused on things that we want to achieve, the people that we want to impact, which I think is all really great because I talk a lot about intentions and I I it's really funny how at a certain point maybe even like a handful of years ago, Jess, like I didn't consider myself a goal oriented person. Cause at the re- at the reality, I really wasn't, I was, I kind of more like myself to like a dreamer or someone visionary, if you will. I feel like that's totally. even like a grand word, but I was like more focused. I had all these things I wanted to do. I had all these ideas and um, wishes, if you will, but I didn't have goals in terms of having something set on a timeline or having specific set in place or having kind of more concrete things to anchor that and make them like attainable. So it's been interesting for me to think of the word intention and like realize what that means, applying it to my life. But I think, you know, we're, I get pretty forward focused, but my, my personality too, I, I ruminate a lot. Like I think a lot on the past. I think, I like roll over the same problem or the same thing that I did or the same mistake that I made or the failure or whatever. And I just kind of like roll it around my head. And some of them, I think I've let go, especially at this point, but I think I've spent a lot of time just hanging on to a lot, like really, really dragging it behind me in a giant, like sucky garbage bag, you know, emotionally and mentally and energetically. And, you know, like, that enters that space where people get like, oh God, people are talking about feelings again. They're talking about like, blah, blah, blah. and I understand like there's a lot of resistance from some people to be like, who cares? Just like, forget about it, move on. But I, for me, I realize if I don't intentionally let it go, like actively do my best to like heal something or forgive something or like process it and like whatever I need to do, it still just follows me. I don't know if you feel that way, but I've, I've spent a lot of years like dragging a whole ton of stuff. No, this is, this this makes perfect sense. It's a process. Like, you know, before you can't be goal driven because you haven't had experience. Once you experience all the things that you've wanted to do, then you can really kind of filter where you want to go. You know, what matters to you? Where do you want to invest? So you're going through your, it's perfect. It's the right process that you're supposed to go through. It's just, nobody gives you a blueprint on how to activate and, you know, support you that, and, and it's okay. This is the right way. You're going the right way. Keep going, go forward. And, you know, you're doing it. And that's the thing is like, people look at time and they want to, you know, account for everything as an age, but it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, you know, 25, when you figure, it out or if you're 35 or 65 what matters is you've arrived and that was your timing and you have Mm -hmm. to be kind to yourself that and the reason why you can't get past it is because you haven't learned the lesson and the lesson is is that you need to accept what it is and find the solution or let it go and you can't let it go because you're trying to you think that there's a specific solution but there's not sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to just look at it and go my peace is worth more than having a solution to this. And then what's crazy is when you release, that's when all the answers come. Like it's, it's such a hindsight type situation where you look back and you're like, damn, I was tripping so hard on something and I couldn't let it go. And then once it's like a relationship, right? You're with somebody and you're with them and you're like, you have to stay with them. You know, you put in like four years, you put in your heart and soul, all these things. And then when you break up, you know, two years later, you, you know, right back that person, you're like, damn, 
you know, I know we weren't meant to be, you know, we weren't twin flames. We were just like soulmates, but you know, I'm glad that I went through it. I learned so much from you. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for all of that. But you wouldn't know that if you're in the mix of it with that person, you know, that whole time you're like, why am I going through this? But it's because you had to let it go, but you also have to let that process like settle. You have to let it resonate and like, you know, like really touch you. And then once the lessons are achieved, then you won't go through that again. So you're going to go through whatever it is a million times through. I mean, that's why, you know, I sad to say about my mother. It's like my mom didn't raise us. My mom left us as kids. My father raised me. My mom like abandoned four children at a very young age. That's why I'm Mm -hmm. such a tomboy. That's why I'm the type of person that I am because you know, she just, she couldn't figure out her own life and she mm. keeps suffering and suffering and suffering. And to this day, my mom, you know, sad to say, it's like, I, I've grown into this woman who keeps trying to grow because my mom couldn't figure out how to grow. And, you know, my mom's older now and I'm still watching her like, she's still suffering. She can't, mm. she has so much pride that she can't just say, it's okay. It's a loss. But in that loss, it's freedom. It's like, it's like, it's just this beautiful, like ability to let everything else connect with you that you deserve, but she just keeps blocking it. And so Mm. whatever you're going through, you're just blocking it because you just haven't figured out what the lesson is. But once you let that go and you allow yourself to receive that lesson, then you'll never go back to it again and then you'll pay it forward. So that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Just, I didn't know that, I, 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 you had mentioned to me in bits about like, I think having a rough relationship with your mom, but I yeah. didn't know that it was like that she left. I didn't know that. Like, how old were you when that happened? Uh, my mom pretty much kind of stepped out around the age of seven. She was like oh. in and out because she's like an alcoholic gambler. And then we lived in Germany and then went to Kentucky. And then when we were in Kentucky, that's when she was gambling a lot. And so basically my parents fully divorced when I was 11, mm-hmm. but she stopped being around when I was like eight or nine. My older, I have an older sister who's like seven years older than me, Moon. She's the one who raised us. So, Got it. you know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't even know what I would be right now because my dad is a military guy. So he was really rough and tough. Like he's yeah. just really aggressive, very strict. Like it was just hardcore. But um, luckily for my sister, she gave me like this feminine side and she she taught me all my 90s music. That's why I love singing. So <laughs> and you're yeah. so good at it. Everybody, please go check out her singing because it, it's beautiful. No, but I and I, I'm sending love to your to your whole family. But I can only imagine like what those scars can do to a person. Um, I mean, I have them myself, but to to have such a fraught relationship with your mom, you know, and like to, it causes a person to grow up really fast. And, you know, I just, I, my heart goes out to you. I'm sending you a big, big hug right now. Thank you. I mean, but, but that's what it is. You, you know, I'm not in life. I just really just want people to realize like we all are going through something. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when we look at on the outside, we're like, oh, that person may have it a little bit worse than this person and or me. But at the end of the day, it's like it's all it's all pain. And then it's how we deal with it. You know, For it's sure. like 
uh, you know, I could have lost my mom, you know, but at least I still have her. So it's like, it's all on the positive side of how you look at everything. Right. Right. So I feel like that's my motivating factor. That's why I never gave up. I came here when I was 16 and I came from a really turbulent, abusive household Mm -hmm. and I moved here to live with my mom, but my mom didn't know how to be a mom. So when I came here, it was just chaos. And I like basically was like homeless by the time I got out of high school because I didn't want to go back to live with my dad because it was just so abusive. And then my mom didn't know how to be a mom. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. And like, I just kind of went from place to place, figuring myself out. And I just put myself, I was going to college. And then it was just like, I couldn't, it was just hard to to do school while trying to work. You know, I was doing like kitchen cabinetry. I was like remodeling kitchens with my best friend. And like, wow, we were hustling. We were hustling so hard since we were kids. And, uh, but that's, that's the thing is like, like I said, when you're in it, you sit there and you're like, why is this happening? Like normal people have a mom, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm one of the Mm -hmm. few people in the world that has that Asian mom that just wasn't there. Right. And I always always think like, why is this happening? Right. And as I got older and older and I, you know, went from job to job and different friends and, but I started to be, started to see myself just kind of like peel like an onion. Like Mm. I just thought I was like this, you know, sheltered girl from Kentucky, Texas, military kid traveling around, you know, and then coming to LA where it was like so much gangster stuff happening in K-Town. Like I didn't even know what that kind of stuff was till I moved here. It was so crazy. And to be (laughs) in the middle of K-Town of that, then try to like get myself away from all of that. And then survive figure it out I just look back now and I'm like damn that's why I have you know that's where my you know having grit and just having like the capacity to keep just seeing the bigger picture of everything what the lessons are and then that's why I can feel people on such a deep level because I've hurt so deeply and I felt so many people hurt that that's why I can, it's like a superpower. And I seriously would not trade that for the world. Like mm-hmm. in my 20s, it was so emotionally hard because it's like I was just alone and I didn't really know how to navigate. I had, I didn't have a North Star anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I did come from a family of six people and then it was all of a sudden just me. And my whole family is like in Ohio, South Carolina, Tokyo, like, and my mom didn't talk to me. She just abandoned me again after, after I like left living with her. And mm-hmm. during that time, I'm just like, how, what, who, what am I like? What, what where yeah. do I go? What do I do? Yeah. But in my heart, for some reason, like, the universe, God was just like, go, go, go. And I just had this like comfort of just knowing like, I'll always be okay. And, you know, whatever job I got or whatever, you know, friend that I had as to support me, like Jenny and and so many others. And just now that I look back, I'm like, damn, we did it. Like we just, we did so much um, with so little, but I think that's the reason why, you know, I can, I can just, you know, pivot in so many ways. And now it's just natural. Now it's like just your way of life. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So dude, I, I mean, I feel like I'm getting to know you so much deeper because I feel like what I've been able to learn from just being around you is certainly like your personality, your character, your outlook on life. And 
you know, the, the things that you shared, but, and I've gotten pieces of it, but I feel like this is the most I've gotten <laughs> to kind of understand like the chronology of it. And I'm just like blown away right now. I'm taking a minute because I didn't know the extent or the depth of like everything you've been through. And so it definitely speaks to what you're saying earlier, which is like, I don't like to talk about myself or, <laughs> and I want to, and I want to be real with you too, just because we do walk around with a lot of assumptions about one another and there, you know, we hear the cliche, which is true. It's that everybody has their story and everyone has their hardship and their baggage. And then we, as people can kind of be desensitized to that and be caught up in the comparison game or just like, you know, being ignorant and being uh, presumptuous about a lot of things and just say like, oh, well, this so-and-so is, is like this, or they have these friends or they're just popular, blah, blah, blah. And that's how they got where they are. They don't really kind of think of all the stepping stones that it took for them to get to that place. I remember like, here's, I'll, I'm going to be completely honest with you because I felt this um, towards a lot of different women and I've been really doing my best to unpack like why I've had a lot of different issues with females in my mm-hmm. life. Um, I think I talked to you about this a little bit, but to reiterate, like I've had really, really wonderful relationships with, with women and with girls in my life. And I've had really, really fucked up relationships too, um, where I was completely betrayed by like a quote unquote best friend. And Mm -hmm. like my boyfriend of five years was cheating on me with her and like, and the level of conspiracy, like active, like Ugh. lying to my face was like deep, you know, and it's something that like when we're talking about baggage and letting go, right, this, mm-hmm. this is all part of it, right, yeah. that I, I didn't, I understood that it hurt. I'm not oblivious to like something very basic, right, but the way that it kind of poisoned a lot of my anxiety around mm-hmm. other women and that I couldn't trust them and feeding different insecurities of mine and like the way that I was again going all the way back because I think a lot of all this stuff goes to like stuff when we're kids right stuff Mm -hmm. that you just sponged up when you didn't have life experience or wisdom or perspective to discern anything you're just a kid you're just absorbing everything but you know I had I had a lot of like my dad was mean to me my big brother was mean to me I don't know because that was his personality. He's like a little punk sometimes, but it's because my dad was mean to him. And so I was next in line. He was really mean to me. I had a lot of like emotional scars and had a really turbulent household. So I just like grew up with like being a little bit shell-shocked, being very um, people pleaser, being very insecure. And so it like, you know, all of it, again, in hindsight makes complete sense of like how I got to where I am, but it's like baggage, 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 baggage. Mm -hmm. And then it results in like having certain issues around being being around near in proximity with like strong beautiful women which you fall in that category let's just be real because you're freaking gorgeous Jess and I know that there's like other women who have probably looked at you quite frankly because I've done it not only to you like at some point had like something like register in their head of like being intimidated or having assumptions of like you know the the truly mean girl thing or like the attitude of like, oh, well, they're just like beautiful and they're popular. So of course they have everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Like having very toxic um, assumptions. And I've been working through this with a lot of different friends, like face-to-face as much as possible because I I think I've done a lot of work where I don't really feel that way, but I still get in the comparison game and I still feel like, wow, I don't look as like lovely as so-and-so only to find out when, you know, I'm vulnerable with them that they feel that way either towards me, towards themselves, you know, like we're all Mm -hmm. basically the same 
Do you it's feel actually like hundred percent of the time? It's just ninety percent they won't admit it, but it's hundred percent right. of the time that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm sure like. Well, actually, I don't want to say I'm sure I don't want to assume, but have you had people ever say that to you? Have you felt that towards other women? Because that's like something that I intentionally want to move forward towards healing stuff with women because baggage upon baggage of why I couldn't trust significant others with friends. Like there was something in the back of my brain that like gnawed at me, right? Of being scared. For sure. You know, that so-and-so is a threat and it's so messed up because I know that they're not. But it's just baggage that, you know, old trauma that I haven't healed from. Yeah. I mean, have like you I said, like dealt yeah. with that kind of stuff and people throwing that kind of that kind of energy or that kind of attitude? Have you ever been like um, kind of confronted? Have people said that to you or assumptions? Yeah. Like, I mean, my whole life I've been the new girl and my whole mm. life I've been military kid. So I lived since I was born like everywhere two to four years. So even like in eighth grade, moving from Kentucky to Texas, like the one girl didn't like me because of, you know, her boyfriend wanted to walk me home. And I'm like, I don't even, you're in eighth grade. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I don't care about these kind of things. And she went and she like told all these like gangster girls and they were like waiting for me at the lunch, like the picnic table. And I had like my what? butterfly clips on and like, <laughs> I had like white stacks and white pants on and like, I was all preppy and like, you know, just like in my own little lollygag world. And then these girls are like waiting for me at the picnic table and they're like, Melissa said you are trying to get with her boyfriend. And I was like, who is Melissa? And I was like, who's her boyfriend? And then luckily some, one of the girls, I had a friend in, in Kentucky that knew someone at the school I was at. And she like, I think she didn't like me either. Cause she, she, you know, judged me for whatever, but she saw me like in trouble and she came over and she was like, Melissa's lying. And like, she stood up for me and I was wow. like, Oh my God. Like, cause I was ready to get down. Cause I'm so used to it. It's like jail. Like every time you're the new girl, you have to get ready to like, you have to fight because you can't just like run away. Cause they're going to try to beat you up the next day. Right. So, oh. so my whole life has always been like preparing for the judgment everybody mm-hmm. judges. So that's why I actually reverted into being a tomboy. My whole life, I was like a girly girl as a young, youngin, but then I got older and I realized like that doesn't work for me. I get, mm-hmm. I get judged so hardcore. So I just became like the homeboy, tomboy, you know, best guy friend, you know? And like, yeah. so I would actually use that as a defense mechanism. So growing up, it was really hard. Like, and then not even having a mom too. So I was like, Oh, what do I do? I was super awkward. Right. So, and so, you know, going from place to place and then like I went to LA high and then people were trying to fight me there. And it's like, then you get, you know, into an adulthood where you're actually just hanging out with normal people, you know, and you go into like a crowd and you go into these things. And so, yeah, I have had many people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're not a bitch. Oh, you're, you're not a gold digger. Oh, you're not, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you projecting? (laughs) And so I've come to terms at a younger age that every time someone has hate towards me, which I already feel most times. And, and that's another thing. I really, when people open up to me, especially new people, they open up to me and they really give me a chance. I like, I like covet those people and I really love on those people. Cause I'm like, Mm -hmm. thank you for not making it so hard for me to just be human and like have a human connection with you. Like, Mm -hmm. and my, and those people know who they are. Shout out to those people. They know exactly who they are, but 
But also too, on the other side, I've had it where I've had, you know her too. I had a, like a best friend and it was bad. And then at the end of that, I was like, dude, I cannot have any more new girlfriends. Like I can't, I can't go through it. There's just, I don't, but I had a, a new girlfriend come in my life. It was actually Daisy and Daisy came in and then mm-hmm. I, I was like, we clicked so well, but I was so scared to let her in that I created these boundaries. And I was like, Hey, I was like, I really enjoy my time with you. I really like being with you, but I'm like, but I have to take it slow. Like, don't be a, I seriously, I can't even believe I ever said that to her, but like, we're so close, but I was like, I can't, you know, move fast. I was like, I have a lot of like pain and all these things. Like I just, we got to take it slow. I don't want to like, and she was like, okay. And, but that developed our friendship even more, you know? And, And she went through the same thing where so many people look at her, because of her accent and like how she looks and they all judge her and they they a lot of people hate on her and I watch it happen and I'm like only if they knew you know what I mean only if they knew Mm -hmm. we're both like I can only speak for myself but like I am insecure like I have like body dysmorphia I'm around I grew up around so many like non-Asians so I always felt like I was small then I come to Mm -hmm. LA and it's like five two tiny 90 pound asian girls and i'm like i'm like five seven i'm not even gonna say my weight and i'm like the mother like my i'm like the ogre mother at clubs like don't touch them get step away and i will like shove them and like and i'm I'm like the mother with my hands and stuff and i have such body dysmorphia like i think i'm like this big old man and i i just have so many issues and so it's funny because people are like oh you're this and you're that and i'm like you have no idea like i think i am gross i think you know like i think i'm too you know all these things and it's like So it's to me, I'm at a point in my life right now where I just I look at people and I already prepare that they're going to have some kind of judgment and they're going to be discomforted. So I actually try to go in with with empathy. I try to go in and like I go real deep when I feel because you can feel it. You feel that they're like their walls are up. So I go the other way because I'm, I'm, we're pretty good at it by now at our age. And I'm like, and it depends on if you want to make that effort. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I look at it as a challenge because at the end of the day, don't you feel great when you're like, oh, I was wrong. And then you, it's not that you're trying to be best friends with someone, but it's nice that you have an ally. You know what I mean? And I love yeah. having allies, right? So sometimes I'll look at someone and I'm like, oh, sh- I could totally tell she does not like me like she's not vibing with me so I'll either come really hard and I'll just be like I'll do things and I'll like try to make them laugh or I'll do something and then afterwards they're like oh you aren't this you aren't that and I'm like yay you, you disarm up. them yeah <laughs> and it's beautiful and I think that's kind of the journey of life like Minji will never stop that from happening and we'll never stop ourselves from happening you know like of course you're gonna feel a certain type of way towards someone but it's because we're conditioned to compare and all of that but the good thing is that you can identify it and then you disarm yourself you know you're like no right. i'm not going to we're and not then, going there yeah it's not how it's going exactly so yeah i love that because it's it's a lot it's a lonely path to like live in fear of everything. And it makes sense. The thing is that when, when I've had these, these open conversations with myself first and foremost, and then with people like you and friends that, um, are in the same wavelength and can, and can have space for that to hear me out and to share their own stories too, which is why I loved like connecting with you because we could like right out the gate when we really like talked and we're not in like frenzy, like event mode and just trying (laughs) to small talk and everything. Um, 
it's really refreshing because I think it gives us permission to be a human, to be flawed and to like, truly that's, that's a really, I think a key component to letting things go, at least the beginning steps of it. Right. If you say, if you keep denying what is, there's no way to like identify this. It's like going through all your, all your crap in your closet. You got to identify Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo and be like, this sparks joy. This does not, you can go now. Like, thank you for your <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kevin Fong. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh my God. He literally cleaned out my life. And that was a lot. Oh my God. Like I, I still have stuff in storage, but bless his heart. He, I he worked him. me through a lot of, mm. Um, but it's like identifying, like, this is something that I think I'm okay with keeping because this is a part of me that I appreciate. And I learned all these lessons, but there's a ton of stuff. You got to just identify and put it in a pile, mental, emotional pile and be like, okay, learn the lesson. You can go now. And, and those things I think take intention and time and Mm -hmm. uncomfortable feelings of like saying, yeah, that was a mistake. And the thing is, I used to look at mistakes as like complete failures too. It's like reframing things even for yourself, right? Of saying yeah. like, oh man, that was like a defense. Like you said, I love those, like identifying stuff. Like that was a defense mechanism. That's not really who I am. I don't exactly. want, I would be so insecure, Jess, and I would be so caught up being like the ugly one in my head, right? Like I mm-hmm. have to be smarter than other people. I have to be X, Y, more accomplished, right? And there's part of that that I think is really good. And it's part of it came from a good pure place in my heart that I wanted to like really do awesome stuff for my my senior class, right? That was like just me being the event planner nerd, like let's do prom guys. But there's other parts of it that I think were just so thirsty for validation. And like, honestly, like I've been, I've been ruminating a lot on like addictions that I have. I've Mm -hmm. had like dopamine addictions of where I got the most, um, reward in my brain of feeling Mm -hmm. good about myself. And man, that's like a whole mess of stuff to, for me to process because I've been reading stuff and listening to things that talk about consciousness, intentions, and letting go of things. Like, well, what do I need to let go of? Ego stuff, like the defense mechanisms, the childhood trauma. And like those become sound bites to a lot of people. And there's people who, for very valid reasons, don't even want to go there because it's like, yo, it's I'm not lot. even trying to open up that box. Like, because yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. But I still like gently encourage people because. It's that in, in, in the identifying and the sorting through that really like happened a lot in breakups and then a lot of like huge life changes. But those are things that like truly free me up to like yep. then become the person that I really am slash want to be. And that's like, it's freedom. Like, I think that, and that, that concept has become so important to me, more important to me than like feeling wanted or feeling pretty or like, yeah, you get the gold star. Those are nice things. And I not like, you know, who doesn't like to be appreciated, but like, is that the driving force? Like, yo, that comes and goes and it doesn't last that long too. And maybe it's just becoming older. I don't know. It is. It's becoming older. I think it's older because we're conditioned. We're a product of our environment. You know, our parents are a product of theirs. And it's a whole generational issue that we go through. Like a lot of your insecurities stem from how your father was. Mine is like the abandonment of my mother and then the aggression of my father. It's like, I never (sighs) felt like I was good enough. I always, I didn't have space to speak. If I said anything or if I cried, I would get yelled at. Like I would be told like, you're a little blank and like you need you know and it's like yeah. oh my gosh and so that's why I'm the biggest crybaby that's why like 
like someone could, if my dad were to just, let's just say he yelled at me now and I'm like over 30, I will literally start bawling. I'm like, no. And he's like, why? He's like, I didn't say anything. And I'm like, but you did, you know, like I'm just so triggered by this man, but you know, but the thing is, is it's okay because at the end of the day, the beauty of life is to acknowledge your mistakes because mistakes mean you're growing. So the more that you can identify that you, um, are triggered by something and that you no longer want to be imprisoned by that, Mm -hmm. the more you are free. And so that's what I have adopted. Like, like COVID has been such a challenge because I'm used to having at least somebody with me. And like, um, Daniel's been gone for almost five months. So I've been sitting here in my studio where I used to have somebody every single day. Like at least I would have a roommate or something. Right. So it's just me and my dog. And then I go to to go to my work, but it's COVID. So I went from like having someone every day for a year to being completely alone. And then I caught COVID when I (gasps) caught COVID. Yeah, I caught COVID in January. Oh my God. And I was so safe and everything. And it's like, I think, you know, you can't, it's like, you got to live your life. I, 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 the mo, I was traveling. I went to Korea twice, went to Hong Kong, all of that didn't catch it. But the moment I started to fear it is when like, I, it was crazy. But regardless of that, like during that time, I was living in so much fear. I was by myself and like, you know, Alice Han literally came through for me. Like, I love Alice Han. Like, but I didn't say anything to anyone because like there's this whole shame of having COVID. And then, mm. um, I didn't, you know, and I actually stayed in home longer than I was supposed to because I was afraid that if I went out, what if I killed somebody? What if I hurt somebody? And like, wow. it was the biggest mental F that I ever been through in my life. But that's what I'm, my next podcast is going to be on mental vitamins is how COVID gave me my life back. Because really? what it did was like make me sit in myself and like all of the insecurities, all of the fears, everything I had in self-doubt had to wash away. I had to sit there and realize like, I can do this and I will be okay. And I will survive after this. And, you know, I have the capacity to, to take this and grow with it and do something beautiful with it. And so Mm -hmm. during that time, I'm like exercising when I didn't have fevers, like I'm like trying to keep my endorphins up. Like I'm reading like all the things I was kind of blocking from myself because I was going through like a depression. Cause like, you know, JSLA, like our event, my events company went down and like, I didn't know what to do because I couldn't let it go. And I was Mm. just kind of like stuck in the middle of like, Whoa. Do, do I do online events? Like that doesn't move me. I don't want to do online galas. Like that's not fun. Like I don't care how much money you make. I will never be moved by money. I am moved by like love and passion and like, you know, like really connecting. And I was stuck because there was no answer. Then when I got COVID, I was like, oh, I got to sit in it. I got to figure it out. And so my point is, is like all of the fears, everything when you actually identify them and like listen to yourself, when you stop and like meditate or you just stop and breathe, like slow down and you go, why, why was I intimidated by that girl? You know, why, why does this, why is having this relationship scaring the crap out of me, you know, instead of running from it, all of us numb ourselves or we avoid what it is. Right. And we just do something else. Right. To, to feel better. We don't want to face it. But Mm -hmm. the moment you sit and you face it and you're like, well, the reason why I don't trust this boyfriend is because of the last boyfriend, but Hey, that's not fair. 
Just because that person did something doesn't mean this person will, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't get to even get to that process level unless you sit with yourself, unless you sit there and identify like, hey, it's okay to feel that way. But why do you feel that way? Like not enough people question why. Not enough people give themselves space to slow down, stay quiet and really like visualize what is your problem? You know, yep. what are you going through? And, and it's okay. Like yeah. people need to realize like everybody's suffering from something different, but mm-hmm. the difference between everybody else is how do you grow from it? You know, how long are you going to stay in this prison? And for me, this whole experience of 2020 into 2021 is like, I decided and I made, you know, I made a choice. I will no longer live in my prison. I will now self-love. I will now give myself space. I will now not hold the burdens of my, my, my ancestral like burdens, my dad and my family and like all of their issues that they had that they projected onto me and I took on. A lot of the reason why we have childhood issues is not because of us. It was because of our parents and it's not even their fault. It's not even their, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. generational stuff. And when you sit down and you really realize that, oh my God, it freed me up. I'm like, am I really insecure? Why am I insecure? Because my dad, he yelled at me because he was stressed raising four freaking children. Like, yeah. you know, and now he tells me he loves me and it's like, I need to let it go. And guess what? I'm got, I got to let go. So now when I'm insecure, I'm like, where is that coming from? Like, why am I feeling that way? And then sometimes it's exciting. I'm like, okay, I have an issue. Like, what is that issue? You know, like, how do I fix that issue? And if people can tweak their minds, instead of looking at mistakes and having um, internal problems or fears as something negative, and they look at it as something that's like self-developing and like, you're going to grow and you're going to achieve more and you're going to allow yourself to have more space. It's like a mind blow of like a new universe opening up for you. And so cracking the code, right? Girl. And I think that there's something besides you, besides the whole liberating thing and kind of, I mean, when you think of the physical embodiment of like letting go of baggage, you just feel lighter. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, there's, there's layers upon layers of that for each individual, because when it goes tied to the, not just insecurities, but like the issues of like self-worth, especially mm-hmm. if you grew up in a place where like you were reprimanded or like basically, yeah, not treated like you are worth loving unless you performed a certain way or a certain level of obedience, like in my household. Mm-hmm. Um, you, It can be hard to even do that sometimes because you're just like, I don't even deserve to be happy. That's a question I've asked myself and other friends of like, do you think that you actually deserve a good life? Because if that's, if that's, we all desire it, I think that a lot of people want to be happy, but some people, if you fundamentally at the core of it, don't believe that you deserve to or can, that can be an impediment too. So I'm just throwing that out there, not to like be a damper, but like there's many ways to like look to approach this. And I think that there's a a key thing that you've been like saying kind of in the throughput is like a lot of acceptance, right? And acceptance Mm -hmm. and I think embedded into it, personally for me, I've benefited because I have so much anger that I've like built up and bitterness and resentment and rage that pops with you. (laughs) Like a mother, oh my God, girl. Trust me. (laughs) K-Rage. I, mm. I trust me, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's pain though. And like, and so when I stop looking at just like identifying myself as an angry person and understanding like, okay, this is coming from a source of pain. What is that pain? Why is it there? Yeah, what and triggers do, you? Yep. It's reverse engineering, cracking my own code, yep. talking it out with therapists and all that stuff. 
and then identifying certain things that I'm addicted to. One thing that I was watching not that long ago about addiction was really fascinating because there's some guys, uh, there's a lot of different approaches to addiction and you can be addicted to so many things. Like it's not just substances. It's not just, you know, everyone thinks of like, oh, drugs and smoking and alcohol and whatever, right? Um, you can be addicted to like work and to like be, yeah. I was being addicted to being busy and like getting gold stars everywhere I could get them because that was the only thing that kind of, maybe not sit in my feelings and process a lot of my own baggage. But they're saying that addiction is actually, uh, people have been framing addictions, the problem. And it's like addiction is your, your attempt at solving the problem. So the problem is somewhere much deeper and whatever the addiction is coming out in form of is actually an attempt to solve said problem. Yeah. The addiction is not the problem. No, for sure. And so for me, I got to a point where I hit a wall where it's like, I can no longer live a healthy life of putting Mm. others first, of not self-caring, of giving and giving and giving and being so depleted. Like, why do I keep doing that? You know what I mean? Like, why don't I have boundaries? Why don't I have balance? (sighs) And the key thing for me this year was boundaries. Like, I am am so much about that right now where I'm just like – I've, I've definitely have shifted and this huge shift has happened this new year after being, going through everything. And now I'm like, I, I used to just say yes to everything and just help people because I can empathize and I want to save because I think I can help them because I understand and I know what to do and I know how to be there. But guess what, who, what's left for me? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, you know, I just realized that it, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, you're right. It's this acceptance, but you have to hit that wall until you get that lesson. And I hit that wall when I realized like, I just, you know, I have like, I, I like to, you know, sit and I'll, I'll like eat. So I'll like, I'm an emotional eater. And so like, that was my issues. Like I will eat. And then I had to hit a wall where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to stop. Like mm. I have to, and you know, and, and now I'm working out and doing everything, but you know, it's like, you have to identify where your pain bodies are and then you have to actively love on yourself. And that's what, en- that's what people don't do enough. And so until you do that, then the world will open up for you. Then you'll start to realize like a duh, of course I, I deserve to be happy. And then you're actively making sure that you're happy. Like now I'm actively making sure my boundaries are set. My goals are prioritized. And now I have time for myself, but I didn't do that before because I didn't acknowledge that I had a problem because I kept numbing myself. I kept thinking like, it'll go away. It'll go away, but it will never go away until you actively take you know, pursuit and making your life better. And people don't get that. And what they do is they find that in a relationship. You know, they do that by helping their family. They do that by getting a dog. They're actively taking care of somebody else because they don't want to deal with themselves. So the day you finally sit there and you have to deal with your own BS and you have to acknowledge that it's okay. It's okay. Like you're allowed to have all this baggage. It's just baby steps now. Like, you know, reading something, going somewhere, talking to someone, talking to nobody, you know, for me, it's like, I'll just put a beat on and I'll just freestyle. And then when I start singing, I'm like, oh, this is why I'm alive. Like, dude, I could cry right now. Cause it's like, it's the most moving state of my life where I feel so free. And it's like, 
I really, really encourage people to find that and start there. It's not about solving your entire life. It's not about making my relationship with my mom, right? Like that's never going to, it's, it's a, it's a dead, it's beating, you know, it's, it's, it's a dead situation. Like she, she's what, she's where she's at. And like, I will always love her. I always support her, but I had to accept that it's her journey that she wants to suffer in. And I did everything I could to pull her back into reality and love on her and give her this space and protect her and heal her. But if someone doesn't want to be safe, you can't save them. Right. So I had to let that go. And that was one of the hardest, probably one of the bit why I'm, you know, so insecure. Why I have, uh, I have, um, uh, um, what is it like abandonment issues? I have hardcore abandonment issues. I have hardcore insecurities that I'm not good enough. Like I have so many issues because of my mom and I had, and I, once I let my mom go, I let everything go. Now I'm like, Hey, I have a space and you, you have to find that. And I realized like, I'm not going to have that perfect mom. I'm not going to have that perfect dad, but Hey, I, I, I can be the best that I can be. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm boxing. I, 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 I'm a creative. I go to bed at like 5 a.m. sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do not wake up early, but I knew after COVID and everything, like, if I want to have a family, if I want to have the career to be successful and do what I need to do, I need to actively do that. So I signed up for boxing and I signed up for a 6 a.m. class. That means I have to be up by 5 a.m. And I do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've been doing Ooh. it for almost two months. And it was so hard. And every single morning I put like the alarm, like 30 minutes before. So it was like 4.30. And I would just be like, oh, but after one month, it has gotten easier. And I'm so fucking proud of myself that like, that was my biggest, that's like one of the hardest battles. And it sounds so silly because people are like, I do that every day, but I get that boo, but Not this is my struggle, <laughs> right? But this is my struggle. And guess yeah. what? Now, because I was able to conquer this one struggle. Now my next struggle is like, you know, the other days I'm actively running the other days I'm actively doing this. I'm doing that. Like, you know, I, I'm like making sure now, like these certain days I take a bath. I, I literally just immerse myself in Epsom salt. Ep, ep, uh, yeah. And then, uh, and just Girl. lay there and just self love. But I, I wouldn't do those things, but it took one baby step. So people just need to explore. And look at themselves as a whole, realize that it's, it'll never all be fixed and just do the controllables, like what you can manage, like the little baby things. And then a year passes by and you're like, wow, like I actually have all these like self-help, like self-loving things that I've been doing and look how much I'm flourishing. Look how, how much I'm blooming. And so yeah. it's a forever process. You know what I it mean? It really like, is. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to put it too, just because it's never going to, you're never going to be complete. And I think there's a certain level of acceptance that you reach that realization of like, yeah, it's fine if this is never complete because it's fine, you know, and that's, a, that's a beautiful, I mean, here, here's my, I'll be completely real. I, I reach, I have reached that point many times. And then I've also dipped of course. <laughs> you know, probably just as many times. And then literally legit once a month, everything goes to hell. Yeah. Um, even that, even kind of embracing my own body and getting so angry with feeling like I put all this progress into feeling better about myself. And then in- uncontrollably once a month, like my PMS is also transformed too, since I was a youngin and used to not hit me that badly. And then now in my thirties, it's just, it's a bitch too. <laughs> and, and the body dysmorphia, it just gets cranked up like 10 notches and all this progress that I feel like I've made in, in loving on myself, self-care. 
you know, when you need it the most, which is that week, it just, I feel like a big emotional raw wire of everything sucks and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And that's a tough thing to navigate. And I want to be more open about that, especially because I have so many listeners who are women or anybody who's a human knows a woman. It's something that I think we need to be more open about because there's been so much shame around our cycles and the fact that like PMS is a real freaking thing. It's Mm -hmm. fucking miserable. Okay. Sometimes not for everybody, but for a lot of people. And, um, the fact that we, it's sometimes when I'm not in that space, I recognize I go through this every month, man. So even it's like clockwork, right? You can expect that even in that moment in time, all this like flourishing that I do. And that is so real for that period, I got to even prepare myself that that's going to, it's going to dip right there for See? a good minute. And but you just got to cognizant. That's the most important thing. You know what I tell people? I tell people that whatever you choose to do, remember it's a lifestyle. Mm. You can't sit here and be like, you know, of course you want to be regimented as much as you can, but you're human. Yep. And like, so I'll do like, you know, keto for a few days and then like I'll fall off. And then before when I would do like these diets, I was like beating myself up and then I would fail because you're just like, you, you spike and then you fall and all these things happen. And it's like, after a while, once I started adopting that, I'm going to do my best as long as I can do my best. And there's days when I literally shut down and I stay in my room and I just like do absolutely nothing. I turn everything off and I just sit in my own space and I do whatever self-healing I need to do. And mm-hmm. I never did that before. Before COVID, when we were out and like every single day was like an event, every single yep. day was like charged with something. Now yep. I love COVID because now I can put the boundary where I'm like, nope, if I need a Sunday or if I, I don't care, whatever it is, I listen to myself and I give it to myself. And guess what? After I sit with myself and I give myself that love, after that I'm replenished. And then I do it until, you know, I have to go through it again. And then hopefully the duration of not having to do it so many times, you know, becomes longer and that's okay. Like I said, it's a journey, but it's a lifestyle, you know, don't beat yourself up. You can have cheat days. You can have failed days because those failed days means you're actually being in tune with what you need. Something's not working and you're neglecting something. So it's time for you to hush whatever your drive is because you're disconnected. And to sit there and listen to what's your body, what's your soul, you know, listen to intuitively, like what your needs are. And if you just do a little bit, like just taking a bath or like eating your favorite meal, you know, it's like people like carbs are bad. Just eat the damn carb. Like just have one (laughs) piece of carb. And guess what? You're over it. You're over it. You're not beating yourself up. You're like, that wasn't even that good. I don't even need it anymore. And then you're, you move on. Right. So people need to stop being so harsh and so strict. Like, of course, be responsible. Of course, you know, pick, pick things and try to stick to them, but do not, do not, you know, beat the crap out of yourself. Like you're human, be kind. Like this is one life. Who's to say you're not going to go by tomorrow and you're sitting here starving yourself off of carbs because, and then now you're an asshole because, or, or sorry, because you're, <laughs> no, you're bo- you, <laughs> you know, you're like hangry and you're, you know, you're exactly. so mean. It's like, dude, just relax. Eat the rice. Like just <laughs> eat Girl, the bell, I've, I've, like, It's okay. I used to be that person that like, I got so obsessed with like my Same. issues of like, just wanting to be the skinny girl, blah, blah, blah. It's still something I struggle with. Like fully still like, mm, it's a thing much less of a thing, but it's still a thing. But that whole thing and of, of monitoring how much I ate 
and what I ate, when I ate it. I have a general general uh, schedule of intermittent fasting because I actually like it because it honestly like takes one less thing to do in the morning. Um, but dude, like that that relationship, it sounds so like whatever, like if you want to be a judgmental asshole, it sounds like, oh God, that's such like a California girl problem or just like, but it, it's real. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm real. defending it because that, that is, has impacted my well being and my 100%. sense of self for so much of my life. And I'm embarrassed. There's shame around that. I'm not proud to be like, oh yeah, I've obsessed about carbs and stuff, but like, no, 100%, I, same as you. Same. I have obsessed about it because I would feel guilty about eating some of my favorite food, which is Korean food, just because mm-hmm. like I couldn't eat rice. You know what I mean? So I want to, I'm what I'm, I'm saying this out loud because I want to give space to anybody else who's even judged themselves for judging yes. themselves. Do you know what I'm saying? Like 100. Yes. It is a very layered thing and there's a lot of deeper things beneath that. Um, but I'm, I want to just reiterate what you said. I buy myself good bread now. Like I, I've not only healed my relationship (laughs) with like carbs with butter. I, I eat my bread. bread. You got that Bernie bread. (laughs) I got that tartine bread, baby. Like that is not cheap, but I'm like, I don't spend a lot of money on a lot of other things, but food I'm like, yeah, I want the good stuff. And like other areas, like I buy from the dollar store. I'm a very varied person. I'm very strategic and crafty with my budget. That's that's how you work. And that's what works for you. And people realize like, find your rhythm, find your ebb and flow towards things and like I said nobody has the same blueprint you know like I like I said I gained weight in COVID and I'm I I used to be a lot smaller I'm a lot thicker now and I was I've been struggling and I keep looking at myself and I'm like when my boyfriend comes back I'm like uh I am no longer I'm like think like Selena a little bit thicker Not so much, hey. but the curves. I'm like, think like that. I was like, because I'm no longer going to, and it's not even him. It's myself, but mm-hmm. I have, to, I'm so insecure that I have to preface for him to be like, you know, and I'm boxing now. So it's like, I'm, I'm really making it into muscle, but I have my insecurities that like, oh my God, what if he leaves me because I'm thicker and I'm not this tiny little Korean girl that he's so used to. And like, yeah. that was, that was something that like mine f me for so long and then like i said women out there like if you can't love yourself no one's gonna love you and to be honest if he comes back and he is bothered by my weight and not seeing my heart and my soul and being happy to be with the girl that he loves then that's not the person for me because there are seriously so many people in this world that will look at you and be like I have been dreaming for you. Like you are what I've wanted my whole life, but we get stuck and allowing us to be in this prison where we aren't good enough. And it's like, I'm so tired of it. Like I've been doing it for all these years that, you know what, this year I told myself, I'm gonna try something different. I'm gonna try to be the opposite of what I beat myself on. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be, you know, someone who's unhealthy. Right. So now instead of being like, oh, I'm fat or I'm overweight or, uh, you know, don't eat this carb. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to eat that, then I'll just go work out. Right. So I balance it. So I'm not like beating myself up, you know, and if there's days when I'm just sitting there binging, I'm like, okay, cool. So the next day I need to wake up and I need to run and then I need to box. You know what I mean? And like, then I'm happy. It's called balance, you know, but we got to get out of our minds where it's like we allow people to hold our happiness. We allow people to hold our 
our securities and like, you know, it's self-love, self-confidence. It's, you know, you have to have that within self. No one can teach you that. So if that is your lesson and you're going through that right now, ladies out there and men, you're not alone. Like you can look at me and Benji and you can look at our bodies and see us. And like, we're telling you the truth. Like you're not alone. Like I always speak for myself. I am struggling, but Mm -hmm. I am not going to be in prison anymore. And I am going to actively fight for my health. And, but I'm also going to live my life. Like you get older and you have hormones. Like I have to accept that too. Like it's what it is. And I think, you know, I have to learn to, to feel that I'm beautiful, but I, you know, like, of course, how can you not be beautiful if you're, if you're living in your peace, if you're living in your authenticity? And I think right. that's how it needs to flip. So love. Yeah. Jess, you are, I want to affirm for the eight trillionth time and I'll keep going forever as long as we know each other. You are a beautiful person inside out, frontwards, backwards, diagonal, horizontal, whatever way you want to look at it. And I just appreciate you having like just really thrived and survived through a lot of hard things that you've gone through and that you can be sitting here with me today to like share about it openly with others. I think it's really moving. It's incredibly powerful. I said it at the top. It's very inspiring um, because there's a lot of healing that comes out of just owning who you are and like embracing it accepting it, forgiving it, sharing it. Uh, I think it's incredibly powerful. So I just love you. And I I really appreciate you like being on your first like one-on-one podcast (laughs) conversation with me and being able to, to share this to a wider audience, even just with me, honestly, girl, I just appreciate you so much. No, like honestly, Minji, thank you for creating a platform where I can do what I love doing, which is just talk to you. Like I haven't even really uh, grasped the thought that people are going to listen to this. So I'm not going to throw up right now. I'm going to throw up later, but I just appreciate that, you know, I struggle with making my mental vitamins because I don't know how to put myself out there. Mm. And like, all it is, is having these kind of conversations and I couldn't figure out like how to do that. But now seeing how you're doing this in your process and, you know, how right it feels and like how I just feel so light and I just feel so happy to be able to share conversations we have privately and actually yeah. share that out loud to let people know like, hey, man, we're all having the same conversations. And we are. are so happy to have other people be a part of that with us. But, you know, if it wasn't for you, I would not be motivated to to get my podcast back out there. So thank you for letting me be here, for letting me vent and for Aww. listening and for being a beautiful person. Like, yes, we both connect with a lot of people, but I get to really like be so comfortable with you that I shared so much what I don't share with people. So thank you for being that person. And I really You're appreciate welcome. you. Thank you. I love it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I feel light too. This is honestly very needed in my life at this exact moment. So thank you, God universe for providing (laughs) (laughs) the universe has provided once again. Um, Are there any closing thoughts that you want to share? Like we've gone through so many really beautiful things about letting go of baggage, you know, our self-awareness, our consciousness, our intentions, boundaries. Yo, I love like, there's so much more to even expand upon that. I hope yeah. that, you know, we can continue that conversation. You'll come on my mental vitamins and we'll do boundaries. We'll oh, do that 100%. I am yeah. there. You just tell me when. Yes. Um, yeah. But any closing thoughts on this like amazing journey we've gone on together about 
all the things? Just, you know, at the end of the day, just, just from everything that we've been saying, it's just, just be kind to yourself. You know, mm. at the end of the day, none of us are getting out of here alive. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, somebody, we're losing people by the day, you know, yeah. and at the, end of, at the end of it, you can't take any of it. So it's like, just be good to yourself. And when you're good to yourself, you can be good to everybody else. And then you'll find peace, you know, and it resonates. And then watch other people bloom around you. And it, it just becomes this beautiful, like, ecosystem of love. And like, that's, that's where I'm living now. And, you know, I didn't know that until, I had to go through all of this, you know, and so For sure. just want everybody to know whatever you're going through, it's going to be all right. You're going to get through it. You're going to, you know, take in all the lessons out there, but it's because you're such a strong person. You have the capacity to, to get through it, but the way you're going to pay it forward is such a different story that you haven't even adventured into. So, yeah. Love. Keep going. And we, Jess and I will be cheering you on. Always, always. (laughs) How can we, uh, how can people find out about your podcast, your work? Where can people find you? Yeah, you guys can go to my Instagram. Just go to A-L-A-Z-A-Y underscore official, Alizé underscore official. And then there we'll have like my link tree. And that has like mental vitamins, my escrow, um, JSLA events. Events are popping back up. So I'll be doing that. But yeah, you know, so doing it all. But as you are adulting, there's (laughs) many ways. She got your escrow, man. I'm telling you, coming full circle to the strife that I went through. <laughs> uh, at least you did Not it, though. Knowing. I'm proud of you. At least you did it because you got to grow. You got to step out into the 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 unknown to grow. So I'm proud of you. Good job. Thank you. My dear God. Um, <laughs> yeah, there will be more on that in a future episode. But thank you again, Jessica. I love you. And i um, excited to hear more of what you're going to create with Mental Vitamins, all the events. And thank you for honestly being, especially, we didn't touch upon it very much, but just what you and haters of virus has done for the asian american community you know like you're not fixated on just asian americans obviously you are there to be a light for everybody but in this last year and in these last few months it has been really really heavy so just want to acknowledge that because it's it, it goes very like under the radar but you are a huge part of like what's helped that blossom and thrive and we've definitely needed that as a community so thank you yeah, thank you. And thank you for everybody that has invested and shared and participated in the Community Action Fund. We actually hit $600,000 raised. Yo. So the the momentum's there. People are about it. And to watch the unity of the community, Black, Hispanic, Asian, all, all, all of it, all the colors combined. And it's such a cats and planet type of situation. And I'm loving it. So, you know, just I'm just so grateful that we're in history, you know, to yeah. unite all of the communities like this and for all of us to fight for each other. I don't know. It's such a, it's so it beautifully is. poetic. So I love it. I so. love that. That's amazing. Real quick. Where, where are the funds going again for, cause there's a lot of different um, movements out there and there's like stop API. Hey, where's the hate of hate is a virus funds. Where are those being directed? Oh man. There's like, there's so many, I can't, I, I don't want to say the, the names wrong, okay. but yeah, just go to the website or yeah. go on to, go on to the Instagram or go on to the Instagram, go to the, <laughs> go to Instagram. And then when you click on there, it'll have in de- in-depth detail of which uh, organizations. I just don't want to say anything wrong. No, totally. And then we have to edit it, but uh, just go there and then, um, yeah, all the information's there. So yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And I'll be sure to, to link everything too, so people can get it easily. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Look at you. You're so amazing. Thank you.
doing the best, doing my little bit that I can. But yes. thank you. You'll be. I'm. I'm inviting you back again. So okay. this will be. This is the first of many. Yes. And uh, love you so much, girl. Thank love you for you being here. Thank you for having me. All bye. right. All right. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode of First of All with Jessica Stafford, a.k.a. Jessica Alizé Blanc. Uh, Jess, you are wonderful. Thank you for being such an open and vulnerable and positive, uplifting guest. I appreciate you so much. Please go check out her content at Alizé underscore official. You can find her creative works at Mental Vitamins, and that's vitamins with a Z at the end. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out because she's going to be putting out more stuff if I have my way. <laughs> and I will use whatever influence I can to keep encouraging her because she's she's a wonderful creator, as are so many of you out there. So please let her story be a, a moment of recognition for you to think about what it is that you want to make. Go make it, honey. Like, time's a wasting. Don't don't hold yourself back. Let let go of all the fears and all the stuff that was dragging you down as we were really honing in on in this episode and just go do what you want to do. Uh, make the most of it. Live your life to the fullest. Jess and I are cheering you on. So that's it for this week's episode. And I really quickly want to do a thank you to my Patreon patrons because you guys have been so incredibly supportive and instrumental in helping me keep this microphone on and to going into my team. Shout out to Marvin Yue and to Juliana Deer for helping, first of all, exist and continue on. But my Patreon patrons have honestly become such a supportive, wonderful group of friends. I have uh, taken their counsel on so many things in our monthly hangouts and... Um, our, our moments of encouragement throughout the years and months has been so helpful, especially this last year. And they actually counseled me on some really difficult conversations that I had to have, and it was so helpful. So thank you, guys. And this week's Patreon patron that I wanted to do a special shout-out to is one of our newer patrons, Wells Chen. Wells, uh, it's been so much fun getting to know you and to see your growth and how you're moving on up and making the most of your career and also living your life to the fullest and processing lots of things that are relevant to all of our lives and our personal growth. Thank you for being open and for supporting me and just being part of the Patreon family. I appreciate you so much and thank you. Hopefully we'll keep making some cool stuff and you can keep advising me. <laughs> Thanks, Wells. Um, yeah, if you'd like to connect with me, you can email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at firstofallpod or at Minjeezy. And you can find First of All Podcast on any platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. It's all linked on my website, firstofallpod at, not at, firstofallpod.com. And there are additional links if you're feeling generous or would like to share anything with me. Um, you know, the PayPal and Amazon wishlist stuff is all over there. I appreciate it very, very much. And I will uh, receive the love with gratitude. And if you'd like to uh, also support, first of all, or leave something um, else that I would really appreciate, you can go leave a five-star review and subscribe to the channel and help other people find the podcast. And please share it with a friend if you're compelled to, because hopefully... The goal, of, uh, first of all, is to help get more positivity out into the world, give people more avenues and resources of how they can make the best of wherever they're at in life. So please do share. And yeah, I'm also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Go check out some other amazing Asian American podcasters and storytellers. 
And this week's outro music I'm very excited to share is a legend. She's someone I adore. Uh, it is Melissa Polinar, and this is one of her new songs called Inner Me. And Melissa, is a, she is an incredible singer-songwriter. Please go check out her music. She's absolutely incredible, and I hope that you enjoy it. But thank you guys for tuning in again. I will talk to you guys soon. Take care of yourselves, and I love you. Bye. Did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 